You're listening to the DGD Podcast. Sponsored by La Touraine. Here's your hosts, Robert Reynolds and Juan Daniels. Welcome back to the DGD Podcast. As always, Robert Reynolds, the NCDGD himself. And with us, Mr. Juan Daniels. Juan, how's it going, buddy? Good, 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 man. Hey, uh, spring, uh, spring practice is right around the corner. Um, you know, I'm obviously hearing a lot of good things from the spring camp. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited for what uh, Georgia is going to be doing next season. Oh, absolutely. You know, listen, before we get started, guys, everybody knows this show is brought to you by Lots Rain Watches. Use code DGD at checkout. Get 10% off your purchase site-wide. Listen, not just watches, guys. You got watches, sunglasses, all different kinds of accessories. Go check it out. And let them know that DGD sent you. Use that code DGD at checkout. Get 10% off that purchase. Juan, let's go ahead and get started by talking to the brigade here. Rudes talks about good morning. Who's trying to be elite? I know I am. I think you are. And I think everybody in Dog Nation woke up feeling elite today. If I'm not mistaken, I'm, I'm, I have to let you speak for yourself. I don't want to get and jump any conclusions or nothing. But I'm pretty sure I know where this answer is going. Oh yeah. Oh, a- absolutely. I- I- I'm definitely feeling a lead. I'm, I'm feeling a lead about our, our, our team. Um, you know, you know, Kirk Kirby set, you know, a, a, a new precedent for this team. And so uh, they, they've bought in and now that they've bought in, I'm telling you, we, we're going to get some true dogs, D-A-W-G-S dogs. Yeah. You got to understand, let's say dogs like dogs. that right there. <laughs> now we'll talk a little bit over here. Listen, it's been, a, it's been, a it's been a little bit, right? So I want to get your thoughts on, you know, the upcoming uh, NFL draft, right? Where these dogs are going to fall in. You know, I've been doing this, but I want to hear your take on it, right? But also want to talk about a little bit about the visitor list from this past weekend, too. But first, I want to go ahead and get your thoughts here on the NFL draft, the upcoming NFL draft, right? Probably one of the most stacked Georgia teams in, in recent memory, if not ever, right? Expected, you could see you, you could see upwards of five, maybe even six first-round draft picks on, from this team. Who who do you think is going to stand out in in regards to this upcoming draft? Who are some who are some players to keep an eye out for? And what are you looking forward to? And and maybe tell me a couple guys and, and where you think they would fit best at. Yeah, um, I, obviously Jordan Davis. I mean, good gracious, you know, you get a guy that big, that fast, you know, r- running. Um, you know, running a 40 like that, I mean, that's amazing. So uh, the sky's going to be the limit for him. Um, also, too, you've got, um, you know, you've got uh, Pickens, you know, running a great 40 time for his, you know, his size, his height. And, you know, this is another four, guy coming. Was it a 447 or 44 flat? I think it was a 447. But again, this is a guy coming off of a uh, an, an ACL um, tear. But, you know, th- there's a difference between, you know, 40 speed and, and, and game speed. And I think that his game speed is out of this world. He's going to be able to stretch the field. He's long, tall. You know, he's a guy that's going to go up there and, and, and make plays. Uh, so obviously you have him. Uh, N'Kobe Dean, uh, you know, you're going to have him. He's just got, uh, one of those just gritty, hard-nosed players that you could see him playing at a Baltimore or Chicago, somewhere where you're, they're just known for, 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 for tough defense. Even the Buffalo Bills, I, you know, I, I could see them probably taking a chance um, you know, on, on somebody like him. Uh, 
but you know, we, we've got a lot of dogs in the, in the draft, but if you could look at all those dogs 40 times and the way that they performed, you could see why they were so elite this year and why they won that national championship. No, no, absolutely. I've sitting there. I know for me, I was thinking, I was under the impression, you know, it's, it's possible for, for uh, Trayvon Walker to go number one overall. Let's be honest at, th- at this point leading up to the draft, it could be a very true thing, right? Jacksonville signed a lot of uh, off-season off free agents to help bolster that offensive line. So there is a lot of speculation to believe that you could see a defensive lineman come off the board. And really, you look at Jacksonville, what they want. Do they want a guy like Aiden Hutchinson? Do they want, you know, a guy like uh, Kayvon, right? Kayvon is a really – as a dude, too. Yep. So, you know, so you sit there, you have Trayvon in the mix – yeah, it's crazy for me to believe that prior to the combine, Trayvon was like fringe first round. Like, you know, we don't really know where he's going to go to seeing him go arguably top five. Like, and it's consistent talk. It's not just somebody throwing this out, right? It's consistently hearing top five and even p- potentially top overall. You know, I think when you look at the combine, and, and I think you made it a perfect statement here, Jordan Davis kind of took over that combine, stole the yep. show. At, at 341 pounds, no one should move that fast. It's just – it defies Newton, right? If it's you know criminal. I mean. It's it's criminal is the best way to describe it. Look at you. You're throwing out these classy words. I love it. Love the description. <laughs> but in, in all honesty, I really believe, you know, obviously Georgia killed the combine. It was basically three days of legitimate – or I wouldn't say propaganda, but it's advertisement for Georgia. This is really what the NFL draft was or the combine was. You know, I would love to see – I would love to see Jordan Davis in a place like the Chargers. I, I think the Chargers would be a great fit for him considering the fact that they've got Bosa, they got Khalil Mack. You look at the guy, they've got some uh, – they've got some help in the secondary. And, and, they, and let's be honest, they had a really, really hard time stopping the run last year. They, they did. It was bad. But you add that right there, and the fact that he he was playing at 350, 360, NFL, you keep him around 330, right? I think managing the weight is one of those situations where you're really starting to have to keep an eye out for it constantly. If he plays at 330 with that size and that athleticism, I'm telling you, his pass rush is going to get better too because yep. he demands a double team everywhere you go. I don't see a center in the NFL – it's going to be able to handle him one-on-one. You're going no. to have to take a, a guard and and do that. Or you could try to, you know, use the running back, but I don't think it matters, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's going to open up whole, That's going to open up opportunities for Bosa, Khalil Mack to run free if that's the case. He, he makes the defense better, right? We saw it happen at Georgia. I genuinely think you're going to see that happen in the NFL as well. Yeah. Um, but listen, I'm telling you right now, my sleeper pick, and I really want to see this happen, Give me George Pickens to the Kansas City Chiefs. If you go to the Chiefs, right, they lose Tyreek Hill. So I understand if they go someone, if they go receiver because they got two picks. If you go someone smaller but faster, right, I get it because that's just what you're missing. But if you if you're giving me a six three Pickens, they can go up, grab 50-50 balls. In the AFC West, for one, because there's a lot of there's a lot of stacked defenses there in that AFC West. It's a gauntlet. You need somebody to go up there and and do that. He provides that, but also at the speed, it might not be cheetah speed, but I'm telling you, it's fast enough to get things done. Especially as you mentioned him coming off that ACL injury, 
I would love to see him go to the Chiefs or the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. That would be ideal. But if, if you're not careful and he goes in the second round, then you hope that he doesn't go to the Falcons because they'll probably waste it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll see. Well, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think with uh, Kansas City's first pick, I think they're going to go after uh, Jamison Williams, um, which which would be, you know, a, a, a very wise pick for them because he can stretch the field. And then that second pick going after a Pickens, um, because, again, you, you if you take a look at all of the receivers that Kansas City's lost over the years um, and, and they've gone to some some pretty good teams, they're going to have to refill. Uh, they're going to have to refill at, at, at their wide receiver position, and they're going to have to have some guys that are going to be able to take it to the house. Um, you know, Hardman's great, but you don't have that one-two punch unless you have a Williamson um, that's going to be coming in there, which I think is the gamble that they're going to take. And then, of course, you bring in a George Pickens. you got three wide receivers that are just absolute monsters, which is what, you know, uh, Kansas City historically has had, uh, then they don't really necessarily lose a whole lot. Yeah, I'm with. I think you know. I can look at the Chiefs, and you could, you know, in my opinion, I think you could also plug in uh, Lewis Seen there, right? Because we don't know if Tyron Matthews coming back, and Tyron Matthews right. is a really good safety there. So you know, at this point, you look at Lewis Seen as potentially being what a top three safety, if probably number two overall, behind Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton at this point is going to be long gone, right? Right. Long gone. Right. So right. you know, if you're if you're the if you're the Chiefs at 29 or 30. You know, and you need, you know, Tyron Matthews still up. We don't know what's going on there, right? Maybe it's something you'll take a pick with. Look, 437 four speed, can thump like hell. And, I, and honestly, I think you look at it, I think he'll he'll get. Down in the run and helping it and hit people like you saw what happened all season. That's just the way yep. it went. With that being said, yeah, I want to take over here to the brigade as well. Roots has a couple comments. Uh, Joel Sanders, good morning, by the way, from Utah. Wow. Uh, Roots says, two on me means the linebacker's free. We heard that comment from Jordan Davis a lot while he was at Georgia. Still true. But also, he asked, does George Pickens become, does George Pickens become what the Chiefs wish Sammy Watkins was, big-bodied possession receiver? I think, I think he can. I think he's better than Sammy Watkins coming out of college. Like, as yeah. crazy as that may sound, because Sammy Watkins looked legit. But at the same time, George Pickens, we really don't know exactly his potential based off of injury history, right? But I can only imagine with him getting a, a world-class quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, it's not a Stetson Bennett. It's not even a Jake Fromm as a freshman, right? Completely different level of talent on their quarterback. So, Rudes, I think that it very well could be because I've watched George Pickens, and I think, Juan, you've done the same. I've yep. watched George Pickens take a slant route to the house, Missouri. Yeah. I've but, also but look seen him take and, and burn the, the other part. Defensive, great catches yeah. down the field. Yep. He can do it. And look at the other part too. So you're gonna you got a guy that he does not have that wear and tear on his body that a Sammy Watkins has has or or these other receivers. I mean, he's sat out a lot. I mean, he was you know riddled with injuries. However, uh, his his um, you, you know his lifespan from his body, the legs and all that other kind of stuff uh, is is fairly young. So he's going to still be in the developing stage, and they're going to be able to use him up for, for quite some time. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I, there's just so much talent that Georgia has right now that you could look and plug about anywhere and, and make the argument for these guys in the NFL, whatever team decides to take them. Like, Nicobe Dean's a perfect example. You could look at him going to the, the Eagles. 
If, if the, I don't see this happening, but I mean, the commanders need a linebacker, right? I think you're looking at Devin Lloyd and Nicobe Dean being the top two there. Um, you know, it's just value, what, what teams value there. Um, you know, and I think honestly, looking at kind of going back to the combine, right? Devin Lloyd runs like a 4740, and Nicobe d- declines to run. Do you, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like Nicobe made the right call not running the 40, or do you think he could have helped himself? I mean, I think he makes the right call, um, especially if he declines there. And, you know, normally most guys don't necessarily run the run the 40. They don't necessarily do that. They go to get their measurables. Right. So they go and get, you know, the height, weight, they get stretched. Um, They may do a couple of things. And a lot of people don't realize, too, when you go to a combine, it's not just a performance thing. I mean, you spend all day doing interviews. And, you know, doing the wonderlick tests and all that, all that different type of stuff. So you just kind of want to go and get all of that out of the way. Um, and then some of the guys decide, hey, you know what, I'm going to run. Well, this was an unusually fast class this year. And it was almost to say, hey, I want to showcase what I have. Um, and, and in combines before, you didn't necessarily have that. I mean, you had a guy that ran maybe a 4-2, you know, maybe a, a, a low 4-3. And then everybody else would either just say, hey, I'm going to bow out or it's going to be those guys that are at least trying to get a free agency, you know, free agent spot so they can get so they can become seen. This year was just different. I mean, you just had a class full of guys that were just shooting off four threes and four twos like it was nothing. And then, of course, you know, you got your show stealer with uh, with Jordan Davis. Um, You know, obviously he did not hurt himself, (laughs) you know, with his. uh, uh, with, with his draft performance. I'm sorry, yeah. his uh, combine performance. Yeah. Yeah. You talk, you talk about the speed, man. I'm telling you, this is, you know, you see here, you look at the speed from the receiving core, from the DBs, and let's be honest, even the d- defense, right? This is, this is a weak quarterback class. And I mean, almost historically weak. It's, it's terrible, in my opinion. There's a lot of teams going to sit there and take defensive guys, they're going to take receivers, they're going to take DBs, uh, obviously, offensive linemen, defense, right? You're going to see, I think maybe one quarterback. You'll be, I'll be surprised if you see two in this in the first round. Period. That, yeah. that. There's no reason for me to sit there if I'm a quarterback, knowing what's coming next year, right? Coming after this year, I'm I'm not taking and investing that much into these guys first round. I'm just not going to do that. If if I if I'm in the situation where, like you saw, a lot of teams go and draft or not draft, but uh, sign free agent quarterbacks. They're doing it as a stopgap. Uh, Falcons is a perfect example. Signing Mariota to a two-year deal, right? That tells me they're waiting for next year. Get some help in this draft because it's so deep. Next year you get your quarterback and you already got pieces around them. Because listen, if you're a Falcons fan, there's no like who is your receiving? Who's your who is your wide receiver one? I'll wait. You ain't got nobody. You get I mean you got AJ Terrell, but you helped on the secondary. You're gonna have to take a receiver, right? Mm-hmm. But there's also more holes. So to me, depending on how things go, Juan, would it be far-fetched to see the Falcons draft a Georgia player, especially defensively, in the first round at pick eight? I think it's possible. I really do. I think they should look at it. Because if you can sit there, you build your defense, you wait till the second round, there's still going to be some – there's great value in receivers early in the second round. There's still going to be a ton of good receivers. Yeah. So you can yeah. get – round one value at round two, right? And, yeah. and obviously, you know, even round three, you'll also have some sleepers that are going to be in the, 
you know, and, 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 um, you know, that, that are going to, you know, after everything is all settled, you know, that are just trying to get into camp, um, and, and, and they're going to compete. Uh, so you'll, you know, you'll have a lot of them go free agent and, you know, decide, Hey, let me just try to go here and make an impact because right now, if you're a receiver and you want to try to make it, the Falcons is the place to go because they don't have any, any big time name, you know, uh, players, you know, and, and, and you've got, you've got a, a, a suspension, you know, with Ridley, you know, for a year. So he's going to be gone. So this is going to be somebody's opportunity to go out there and, and, and make the, make a team. Yeah. No, it's just one of those things, right? Like there's so much depth at those positions, right? I think you look defensively, listen, there's a ton of Georgia guys that are going to be gone within the first three rounds. Just going to leave it there. It's going to be insane legitimately insane to see the, how many times Georgia gets called in the first three, in the first two days. Just, I'm just letting you know now. Yeah. Yeah. But with that, right. We're talking about the past, right. We're talking about obviously just most current, but let's talk about this weekend, right. Let's talk about spring ball and let's talk about some visits we had. Right. So we're looking at the situation, right. I think you're familiar with it now. Uh, another tight ends down. Right. So we're looking at a situation where, You've only got Delp, uh, Reek Gilbert, and I think um, – was it Scyther, I think it is? I think maybe. Or Rylan mm-hmm. Godey. I think it's the only three we have right now uh, that are that are participating in spring drills – at spring camp, I should say. If you're Kirby Smart, you're, 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 you're stressing at this point, I would think. That's, that's really, really low. So you're just hoping that there are no more injuries, right? But honestly, in my opinion, if there's going to be injuries, I'm glad they're happening right now. And they're not right. as severe as they could be, right? But it's still you look. But also, you know, you have to take a bad with the good, right? Or the good with the bad. Excuse me. You know, you're seeing a lot of these guys go down, and they're missing the spring. But it could be precautionary too, at some to some degree. But that also opens up opportunities and reps for these guys to get more experience in the system, right? You look at Brock Bowers. You know, Brock Bowers is going to be just fine. Same with Darnell. I think Darnell would have been a benefactor to get some manufactured uh, catches and targets and things like that through this camp. It is what it is, though. You look at Oscar Delp, we know what Delp's about. To me, I look at it in a sense of this is you're getting you're getting your feet wet right now going up against this defense because you're basically getting thrown into a one situation, maybe even the twos. You're getting ready for SEC ball before, and you don't even realize it. Like, yeah. welcome to the SEC. Right. This isn't this isn't Georgia high school anymore. Welcome to the SEC. But I, in my opinion, I'm all for that because it gets these guys more ready than they could really imagine, in my opinion. Um, yeah. You know, Gilbert's you, been doing great. Um, I, I, I've heard Gilbert has been actually doing everything that they've asked him to do. He's blocking. He's uh, you know, they, they've been using him as a stand up tight end. And they said he's been very, very impressive. And so th- th- this is a I, I, I tell you what the reason that I don't worry, the reason why I don't think anything of these guys going down is think about when we had our very first podcast, um, you know, previewing the Clemson game and we had so many injuries and it was one of those things that, you know what, you could use all those injuries as an excuse um, or, or you can rise above and then those other guys are going to have to step up where, where we are elite, where we are different now from the Alabamas is when Alabama's two guys, Mechie got hurt, Jamison Williams got hurt. They didn't have anybody to step up. They didn't have anybody to help them out. And of course, you know, you got Nick Saban that, that, that called him out, 
but it, it was probably one of these situations where they did not get these quality reps that they need. So right now, Oscar Delp uh, and, and, and Gilbert have an opportunity to get meaningful quality reps against a, an outstanding defense. And, and so right now, this is their time to shine. Are you going to move up from where you were? Are you going to you know, make a statement, make a stand, or are you just going to be mediocre? And this is, this is the opportunity. Delp especially has to look at this as like, wow, Bowers came in there and made a splash as a, as a freshman. I want to go and repeat that same performance. And what do I need to do to go out there and do that? Whether it's hitting the weight room, whether it's studying these plays, whether it's you know increasing speed, strength, whatever it is that he needs to do to get to that level so that Georgia does not have any type of drop off. You know, that's my thing, too. You know, you look at you look at guys when it comes to spring camp, right? It's, it's stepping up and taking advantage of opportunities when they come. You know, and obviously, you, you, you know, Del, this is a perfect example where now's your time to shine. You, you, you're, you know, you're talking about looking at it as a freshman. You can come in and make an instant impact. Now's your chance to show what you're made of. But then we turn our, we then I want to turn over to the receiving core, right? The actual receiving core, not tight ends. You know, it's the AD show. Right. It's A.D. Mitchell show. And I think most of us expected that, you know, but does it concern you a little bit when you hear Kirby Smart talking about how thin we are with experience and no one's really sticking out? Does that concern you or do you think it'll just start clicking with guys coming back? Right. We know there's talent there because you have A.D. Mitchell. You still got Kiaris Jackson. You've got, you know, Marcus Rosemary, Jack Saint, you know, uh, Arian Smith. Uh, C.J. Smith, there's a lot of talent there, right? Uh, Lad McConkey, is it is it does it how does it how does it make you feel? I guess with what you know, if what we're hearing is that it's just the AD show and then you know, everything else, how does it does that concern you or you know should you be concerned or how should you take that in your opinion? Well, if 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 I am one of those other receivers, yeah, I I would definitely be concerned. The, the the thing that my gripe with the Georgia receivers is the constant rotation, the constant rotation, constant rotation. So if Georgia has inexperience or if they're thin with, it, with experience, they only have themselves to blame. I mean, and, 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 and that's just that. You don't have a guy that's just settled, that's just always just going in there and doing that. But, again, like I said, you've got some guys that are coming back. Jack Saint um, is, is one of them, Kiaris Jackson. But my man, who I've heard has been doing well and has actually kind of starting to stand out, Deline not uh, Denylon, um, yeah. and 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 that was my that was my surprise pick. And you know, at at the end, you know, the writer said, "Do not be surprised if you see him getting some reps in 2022." So this is this is his opportunity to stand out, just to do something different. But what what what's unfortunate is, do you have the quarterback? play right now to really showcase these guys. So Carson Beck, I think, will probably have the best opportunity to start to showcase guys. Carson Beck has been taking a lot of the first string first string reps. He's got a laser arm. I mean, heck, he was even mentioned, um, you know, when, uh, you know, when they, uh, who was it, uh, Pickens asked him to throw for his pro day, which lets you know, you know what, he has a lot of confidence in him. So yeah, Carson, yeah, Carson was throwing yeah, yeah. the pro day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What did I say? Did I say something? 
No, I, um, I don't know if you were. I mean, Carson throwing it. That's a thing yeah, yeah. that people need to look out for too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Carson Beck, he's gonna be able, he's gonna be the one that's gonna be able to showcase these receivers. You're not gonna get it with you know Stetson Bennett. You're probably not gonna get it with um uh with the other quarterbacks, um, Vandergriff or or even Gunnar Stockton right now. Are they able to master the offense and be able to showcase these guys when they're open, throw them open, or do whatever they need to do like a Carson Beck um, will be able to? So I think a lot of it depends on the quarterback play. A lot of it depends on how comfortable is the offensive coordinator in showcasing one, two, maybe three guys. I mean, you already got Brock Bowers. He was very comfortable throwing to his tight end, but it was almost kind of like a pacifier type thing. You know, it's 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 you know, if, if all else fails, I'm going to go to Brock Bowers. All else fails, I'm going to go to Brock Bowers. So who's going to step up at receiver? I mean, Lad McConkey did a great job, uh, and and then you've got Mitchell, who's who's a great receiver, and you know, and and Burton leaving opens up uh, another hole. But it's going to be up to the offensive coordinator, the Jameis Williamsons and or so Jameson Williams and Mechies and all these other receivers, the receivers they have at Ohio State they're consistently in there. So they're going to have experience. But when you're rotating guys constantly, it's, 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 it's really hard to, to, to really get a feel for the game. Yeah, no, that's, you know, that's one of my things, though, right? Because we saw, you know, last year, Georgia was able to sit there and capitalize on these situations where we were, you know, you look at guys rotating in, and it paid off when it counted the most with A.D. Mitchell, right? It counted with, you know, Lad McConkey. Uh, you know, all these guys making plays and, and stepping up and making plays when their name was called, right? But to your point, it's also a little concerning where you don't have these one and two guys where there's just fed the ball, fed the ball, fed the ball. You look at Alabama, right? And as much as you want to sit there and make an argument for, you know, the guys behind them weren't executing and didn't get, you know, didn't step up when they needed to, Alabama's also been fortunate enough to show those one and two guys that you can bring – it brings in elite talent, game-changing talent, where you can sit there and you bring in a Jamison Williams. Imagine Jamison Williams in our system if we had the right offense. It would be it would be downright scary, right? You, it's a double-edged sword, though, right? I understand this because there's two sides to the argument. I get both because I want elite receivers. If you listen to Luther Burden, you listen to guys that were elite receivers – they liked what they saw, but it wasn't – they just weren't getting the stats, right? Feed the ball, feed the ball, feed the ball, right? That's bringing elite talent to Georgia's program from a receiving standpoint. Bama's fortunate enough to have four and five stars sitting on the bench because of this. Now, yes, you can also – obviously the argument is those guys didn't execute. I'm telling you right now, it does not matter. It, and it does, but it doesn't because of this. The sheer talent there will make up for itself in time. This is what spring camp's for. You sit there, you just have to, it's a mentality. You have to understand, I may be riding the bench, but I have to be prepared at all times. Juan, I think you know a little bit about being prepared. South uh, yeah. told me about that. Oh, yeah. And I, I was I was a five-star, and I, I sat the bench for two years. But, you know, I, I, I worked, and, and, and when my time was called, you know, I had an opportunity to, per, to perform and I was ready for it. And so that's what's, you know, that that's what's going to need to happen. And yeah. And, and just like I said, to your point, you know, when McConkie and all these guys um, were, were in the game, they did, they, they, they made plays, but it's kind of hard to get a rhythm 
with a guy, you know, you've got a, a quarterback like uh, Stetson Bennett, who is a, uh, you know, he, he can do what he needs to do. But again, he needs to have a rhythm and be able to adjust, you know, have speeds or have that guy that he goes to. So, you know, when you have your your Bryce Young's, he knew he could count on Mechie. He knew he could count on 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 Jamison Williams, no matter what. He there and 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 the other guy, I can't even think of his name, number seven. You know, he just sit there and throw the ball up, and guess what? They were coming down with it because he just had that. Whereas we are just rotation, rotation, run, 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 rotation, rotation. And so I, I would like to see power, a little power, bit more. Power. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. I, I would like to see a more consistent you know, where, where, where they're having these guys go three, four plays in a row or, or, or even series and then having a quarterback be able to take shots down the field and get these, these plays. Then as a receiver, now I'm looking at Georgia like, man, you're got, you know, you've got elite receivers. You're getting elite quarterbacks coming in. Uh, now we're starting to evolve. And that's what Alabama had to do. They went from the, you know, from the, uh, you know, guys that were just basically handing off the ball and checking down and doing like fullbacks out of the backfield to it's wide open. Who would have ever thought who would have ever thought you would have gotten a five star receiver at Alabama? Just it would have been impossible. It didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. Yeah. No, it did not at all. It didn't. It's, it's almost like getting, you know, four or five five star receivers at Navy. You know, that's you know, it, it just wouldn't make any sense. It's like Calvin Johnson at Georgia Tech. It just really right. makes sense. Right, 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 right. Like you deserve better, Calvin. I'm just saying. Exactly, exactly. Now, you know, one of the things, though, you know, you look at the you look at the argument, right? The receiving core, of the rotation, right? What Georgia did, I mean, right now it's it's a championship formula, but I think it's not the it's not the expected championship formula when it when it comes to in terms of consistency. Well, it was, it was, it was, it was based off of defense. In the sense that I need to see receivers get these, you know, the rotation is nice. It keeps guys fresh. Right. But feed the ball, feed the ball, feed the ball. That, and, and, you know, obviously you look at, obviously having Coach Hankton, Coach Hankton was no slouch. He wasn't a slouch at all. There was argue, there was possibility he was going for the Rams as a passing coordinator, right? You could see that. He's no slouch. But when you sit yeah. there, you look at you look at the situation where you bring in Coach BMAC. Coach BMAC, excellent recruiter, and he can develop. So the guys that are currently on the staff, you know, currently in the rotation, take the take it in, develop. But I want to see guys come in and really have an elite talent in this receiving class, which leads me to the perfect transition to these receivers and other visitors over the weekend, right? Obviously, we you know recently one we had Arch Manning visit our, you know visit Dylan Raiola. I think it was a couple of weeks ago, but this week it was pretty interesting because there's you know we'll talk about receivers real fast. Hakeem Williams, and um, what's it? <clears throat> excuse me. You also have Tyler Williams, right? Tyler Williams, Hakeem Williams, both excellent receivers in the 23 class. Getting them on campus, in my opinion, is huge. It's huge because. What can BMAC do? We saw his track record at recruiting. But now you have to show these guys what they need to see to buy into the understanding of I'm, why, why should I come to Georgia? Right? Why should I come to Georgia? Are you going to do for me what I should, what I can do for you? Right? Yes, the business mentality. In my opinion, first off, getting the hiking, I think Tyler Williams said uh, a couple of days. That's huge. That's absolutely huge. 
but then you sit there, you bring in, you know, other guys like Richard Young, um, you know, Richard Young, CJ Allen, um, you know, obviously just going across the board here. Um, and then obviously uh, Jamal Jarrett, which we'll talk a little bit about here in a, in a little bit as well. Those receivers, guys, those receivers are going to be huge because if we can get them to commit and buy into what Georgia's offering, it's going to be fun, right? Uh, if you're not familiar with the receivers I'm talking about, Hakeem Williams, guys, out of South Florida. Excuse me. South Florida, top 50 player, I think it is. 6'3", right? 6'3", body. Excellent receiver. Excellent receiver. You know, then you sit there, you look at, you know, Richard Young, obviously number one rated running back in the country. We know it's RBU, right? We get it. We understand it's RBU. Not a problem there. I would, I still want, we still need to get two running backs, period. But when it comes down to it, in my opinion, getting elite receivers is probably the most important facet of this recruiting class out on the offensive side of the ball. Right? You've already got tight ends situated, offensive line will come. You know, obviously, I think getting a quarterback is going to be crucial too. But receivers, if you can get the elite receivers, that's going to be key. Absolutely key. Uh, Hakeem Williams is out of Fort Lauderdale, so South Florida. Um, it's going to be it, it's it's got to be something that Georgia's got to focus on and make an emphasis to get these elite talents in here. You it, you you need to get a George Pickens esque type player, right? That five star, you know, just elite talent, right? That's in my opinion what we need. And honestly, I trust Coach B Mac to get it done. I, I just do. You know, you look at when we when we brought in. Marcus Roseme, Jermaine Burton, right? I think it was like four top 100 receivers. That talent helped fill the cover that we hadn't had, in, in my opinion, that talent in a while, right? Now we got to redo, now we got to refill the cover, get it ready, because Jermaine Burton's not here, right? We know that he's not here. And, and you know, the cupboard's kind of wearing thin. You, you've got some three stars that have developed into all stars, and I'm fine with that. But I still just want that five star. Right. I just want that five star to be there. You know, and, and Carnell Tate, maybe, you know, Carnell Tate is a guy, five star receiver. If maybe you can keep him away from Ohio State, perhaps. Right. I want to see it be done. I really do. And, and I think the 23 cycle is a perfect example for uh, Coach BMAC to make his name and stamp his name for this receiving class and the receiving core moving forward. So, in my opinion, Coach BMAC is going to be the most crucial coach and, and recruiter here uh, based off of what I think we need, right? I think we need that. But when you look at the defensive side of the ball, guys, there's another name, and I've already mentioned it, Jamal Jarrett. Look, had a great visit, right? Great visit. If you're one for, if you're one to keep up with crystal balls, he did get crystal balled by Wilt Fong at 24-7 to Georgia. Um, so if you keep up with those, great. Listen. Jamal's that kind of guy that he's going to kind of play similar to Jordan Davis, right? Been a lot of comparisons to Jordan Davis. You saw the side-by-side -side with Jordan Davis. Similar measurables. And, and to say that is just wild, but it's awesome. It's just one of those things where you're like, holy cow. But he, he he's a must-have in this class, and I've said it over and over again, and I will continue to do so. He's able to change the line of scrimmage, guys. Like we saw what happened with Jordan Davis what his impact to this team was. Jamal Jarrett can be that. He can be that. He can be that. Why, you, you know, 
I, I love I love what we grab with our defensive line hall with Bear, Mike Hell, things like that, Sean Washington even. But in my opinion, I want to see Jamal in this class. I think he needs to be in this class. Georgia needs him. Georgia needs to get this man in this class because he's going to do a lot moving forward that you won't realize. And then you'll kind of look back on it and be like, hey, this is what we yeah, this is what we were missing with Jordan Davis. Um, you know, you look at you know, obviously with what we've got on the defensive line. Right. We're, we've got Jalen Carter. We've got uh, Zion Lowe, Nazir Stackhouse, Warren Brinson, all these guys, uh, Terry Ingram Dawkins, about 6'3", six, 6'4", six, range, about 300 pounds. But you don't have that 330-pound, 340-pound guy. Right. And and that that is where it gets interesting, folks. When you have a guy that way that can be athletic. Listen, Jamal can run a 5'1 at 340, 350 pounds. Okay. He's he's not he might not be your Jordan Davis four seven eight type, but that's okay. And maybe he gets down to that. You never know, right? We just don't know. But I will say, to have a guy that big, still being able to run like that, listen, that's 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 ridiculous. Okay, Georgia knows what they need. They they're in my opinion, you know, they're going to go all out for this. Georgia's going to go for that hard. They they have to. You have to hit this. You have to hit this. Same situation. Um, you know, you look at a guy from North Carolina, guy uh, that, you know, the, the recruiting services don't even know if he's an offensive tackle or, you know, offensive lineman prospect or a defensive line prospect, right? Shows up, dominates camps, goes to the Under Armour Atlanta game uh, camp, MVP, D-line MVP, boom. Rivals camp in Charlotte, defensive MVP, dominates everybody in Charlotte, cannot be touched, cannot be touched. To me, Boom, D-line immediately. No question about it. So if you're looking at him as an offensive prospect, you might want to do some research, my man. It's not for you. He's not going to be a. He's not going to be that. He's not. He's going to be a defensive tackle. There's no question. And, and I think that's where I think that's where he's going to thrive the best, right? Not only does he enjoy, not only does he enjoy doing that more anyway, but he's he's damn good at it too. Really, really good at it too. So. Obviously, we talked about the receiving core. We talked about, you know, the importance of, you know, Jamal. Talked about, you know, these things like this right here. And it's not even – and it's, it's still going, guys. This is still the spring. you still got officials in the summer and the end of the, end of the season. The, the recruiting is only just getting started. It's only getting started. But with that being said, folks, I want to wrap this up for the audio portion of this. Have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your evening, afternoon, and go dogs. Thanks for listening to the DGD Podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and to the DGD Podcast YouTube channel, where you can watch live Mondays and Fridays at noon Eastern. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the DGD Podcast. And check out the website at www.dgdpodcast.com.